0: HVAC 360, episode number 70, Lessons Learned for Plumbing. (laughs) Hey, welcome back everybody to another episode of HVAC 360. I'm your host, Matt Nelson. Yes, I'm still here. uh, If you've been paying attention, uh, I have been away for a little bit uh, from the podcasting microphone. Um, I have been busy, shall we say. Uh, A lot of things have been changing. And I just, uh, uh, you know, I mean, between activities I've been doing and uh, things like that, um, you know, I just can't. I just couldn't get to the microphone. Um, So I'm making a concerted effort to get back and uh because i you know i believe in, in in sharing with this uh sharing information with you guys and i appreciate you listening so i thought i'd hold up to my end of the bargain and, and start producing a few more of these podcasts uh this one in particular you might say hey did you say plumbing i thought this was hvac well all right you got me there um but uh, one of the things that i uh i was uh, occupied with was i did a uh, a session uh for the uh Uh, American Society of Plumbing Engineers. Uh, Some of you might know it more as ASPE. But uh, they had their national symposium, and I did a lecture on the topic of plumbing commissioning. So these are some of the lessons learned that I brought to them, and I just wanted to share them with you, my listening audience, uh, because I appreciate you so much. A lot of times you'll have some of these uh, cross over to what you're doing, uh, some may not apply directly, but hey if you get one or two things out of this, it's uh, it's kind of a it should be a benefit to you. Uh, another thing, a little housekeeping uh, point of order. Uh, just just so you know, I probably will have another thermostat operation uh, episode coming up. Um, you know it's one of these things that even even I you know as a professional engineer I wrestle with thermostat operation and exactly what it is. I know last time I kind of went through and, uh, you know, the, a little behind the scenes, that episode probably, I I don't know how many takes I did of it, but, I, you know, I was trying to get that concept of the metaphor uh, so it's just something that's easier to remember and, and kind of understand. I, I didn't get it quite right. I mean, it, it applies to one particular set of conditions. It doesn't apply to all of them. And I just kind of wanted to explain what conditions it kind of covers and which it which it doesn't. So, anyway, be, wait, uh, be uh, uh, on the lookout for the next episode on thermostat operation. I'll explain a little bit more how thermostat, thermostats work, too. Uh, so, I guess, really, uh, what we can dive into now is the lessons learned for plumbing. All right, the first one that I want to kind of go into is uh, it has similarities to the HVAC. I mean, it's it's the the background. It's the uh, uh, space constraints that you have. Uh, In this case, we deal with uh, you know backflow uh, prevention devices. These are some of the things that come on the uh, uh, utility water service that comes into a building. Uh, You have the backflow the backflow prevention devices um, uh, that um, you know prevent water from going you know back into the system. So typically, one of, the th- one of the big things with the backflow prevention devices is, you know, a classic example of something that's drawn as a line on a plan that's much bigger in actual installation. You know, when you look at it in a house kind of application, it's kind of immaterial. I mean, something that's kind of, you know, going to be two, three inches uh, that doesn't take up a lot of space uh, is not going to be, you know, all that crucial, shows up as a line. Who cares? When you come into more of a commercial attitude and a commercial application, uh, you're going to have something that's going to be, you know, it's going to be five, uh, it's going to be six or eight-inch pipe uh, that's coming into your building, um, you know, for a a good-sized building. And those things, they need space. I mean, if you're going to turn an elbow, you're going to need a lot more space uh, working around it, uh, dealing with things, and the fact that, uh, you know, they need drains, so you take up like an entire you know wall space. I mean, this could be like six, eight feet, you know, and there's nothing that you can really put in front of it. You need to have these maintainable. So there needs to be some clearances around there. So, you know, don't try to just fit it in some sort of janitor's closet because it's not going to fit. Um, these things have, you know, sizable dimensions. Uh, another thing that's uh, easy to kind of uh, you know, misconstrue is, as uh, you know, single lines is fixture carriers. These are the things that – go into walls that the porcelain fixtures, plumbing fixtures are actually mounted to. When you look at a, uh, when you look at the toilet uh, or a water closet, uh, that bowl, if it's not resting on the floor is actually anchored to a fixture. Um, And that fixture is this, uh, this metal piece that sits inside uh, the wall cavity, the plumbing chase, as it will, uh, as it's called the plumbing chase. So, uh, you have the fixture carrier bolted down there, and typically you're going to have like uh, you know one uh, water closet on each side of that to kind of balance it out. You can have it on one side; it doesn't really matter. Um, but that's going to be bolted down to the the concrete floor. Um, a lot of times, you know, architects they they tr- they just squeeze as much space as they possibly can, and this is one of the things that it in, in reality it just doesn't work. You know, they can want. That wall to be thinner as much as they want, but when it gets out in the field, these professionals are not going to install it uh, any different, you know, than they have been for for years. I mean, this is the way it is. These are the dimensions. This is the way it's going to be constructed. Um, so, it, you know, it's that's that's just one of the, you, you're not going to get it any different size. And a lot of the uh, younger architects. They just don't understand. And, and as engineers, there's certain things that we have to stand our ground in saying, "Hey, you know what? Here's how it's going to be. No matter what you want to believe, this this is this is it." Um, laying down the line. Um, another thing is is med gas piping. Med gas piping. It actually comes in. You know, when when you look at med gas shut off valves on a wall. Uh, say you have a patient floor that's being fed with. Medical gas, and that's what I mean by med gas, medical gas, you, know, you have your oxygen, you have your uh, uh, nitrogen, you have your uh, vacuum, uh, medical air, whatever it is. Um, for that floor, you're going to have uh, shutoff valves to kind of zone it. Um, and that's just the way you, you, you design it. But these pipes kind of come down the wall, uh, go across, and then go back up in a, uh, a specific way but it takes up a lot of wall space. So it's one of those things that when you draw it, uh, you know, single line, you could fit it just about anywhere. I mean, the box, you know, is probably about maybe like 18 inches wide. Um, you know, if that uh, for the actual valves, because the valves are exposed. So you can, you know, you can lift the, uh, the plastic cover that says, Hey, here the, here's where the valves are. And you could shut it off for a specific, a specific zone if you needed to uh, in emergency situations. But you know, the rest of the piping is is buried in the wall. You try to put that into a wall that's too short or that, you know, it just doesn't work. It's got to move. It, it physically can't go in that. Uh, I mean, literally you end up with, you know, if, if uh, if the, uh, the spacing for the, uh, um, the, you know, the wall cavity, uh, as far as the stud spacing goes is, you know, one stud spacing that would fit probably the box itself uh and then you'd have the pipes going and if you had like 2 to 3 you know pipe sets it might take up the the next two stud cavities so you'd have three stud cavities if you didn't have that that whole stud cavity spacing uh, available then you couldn't uh, then you couldn't fit it you know where you had it shown um so that's that's kind of a lot of things as far as like space constraints um if you wanted to uh put it in those locations another thing that's that's uh Critical is coordination of schedules. Um, again, you know this is this is the same thing with uh, um, you know electrical and mechanical. Um, the one, a couple of different things that is 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 specific to plumbing is uh, you know if you have a kitchen, uh, you will typically have a uh, kitchen subconsultant working for the project, and they will come up with the plans, and they come up with. You know the you know the equipment that they're gonna put in there and that's their specialty um but what will they will have is they'll have a schedule they'll have the tags on there unique tags i mind you unique tags for the kitchen equipment and they will have uh the fixture connection schedule they'll have okay this uh um you know you know three compartment sink is gonna need you know a three quarter inch hot water three quarter inch cold water and uh you know uh 2-inch drain. Um and so they'll have this kind of spelled out for uh you know the, the the plumbing engineer so they can make sure that they have all the services they need to those locations because it's it's a handoff. Um you know you may have uh the kitchen equipment uh installer installing all this kitchen equipment um but it's going to be the plumber's responsibility to get it down to you know that connection level that, that last little bit. Um, they're not, not going to hook it up necessarily, but they're going to have all the services ready uh, with some shutoff valves and ready to kind of supply there, you know, whether it be hot water, whether it be natural gas. Um, they're going to have to coordinate that and they use that schedule, and it's a very nice schedule to have. Uh, sometimes when you're dealing with a hospital situation uh, where you have a lot of uh, owner furnished equipment, such as uh, uh, you might have uh, ice makers. Uh, you might have uh, uh, different specialty equipment, lab hoods, uh, you know, uh, anything that's, uh, you know, maybe some sort of cleaning or sterilizing equipment. Uh, those should actually put be put into something similar where you have that, okay, here's the tag, here's the equipment, and here's what it's, you know, what it's going to do. Uh, just so we're, you're all clear on, uh, you know, you're not guessing, hey, you, know, you should have this kind of connection to this this piece of device. So coordination schedules uh, for uh, for the plumbing, uh, for the owner furnished equipment and the, uh, for the kitchen, uh, consultant, you know, those are critical. Um, and again, you could do it for just about, just about anything. Um, coordination schedules, again, these are just, I mean, it's just, they're, they're tools to, to quickly coordinate, um, when you're kind of interacting between different d- disciplines, you know, it's no, no different than when I talked about the electrical, uh, having the mechanical equipment schedule, um, you know, something just for them to say, okay, you know, here's the voltage, here's, here's what I'm expecting, and here's the kind of uh, disconnect or uh, starter that I need for this particular device. So that's how you kind of build it around there. Um, cord- the condensate lines, on um, you know, are another big issue as far as coordination, um, condensate lines get missed all the time. And again, this is a tweener kind of thing. It's in between whose responsibility is it? Is it, is it piping that comes from a mechanical piece of equipment that's in, uh, you know, as far as, you know, union trades, does it go to the, uh, the pipe fitter or is it something that the plumber has to kind of extend? and and where is that exactly? Is this, you know, line of demarcation where, where does it one, one person's work stop and the other person's scope starts. So, you need to kind of investigate that. But condensate lines, you know, they get missed all the time. Um, and that's, that's a, you know, a huge issue. Another thing that, uh, you know, is big in the plumbing world is the uh, hot water recirculation. Uh, a lot of times you might have, um, you know, and it's especially it depends on the critical nature of it. You know, hot water circulation in your house mm, may not be the end of the world. Maybe you can wait that extra couple Couple you know seconds. I mean, as the energy codes develop and things you know are going to change with respect to this, but uh, you know this hot water recirculation uh, for a hotel is critical. I mean, your you know you want your uh, occupants uh, to be completely satisfied with what they want, and you know I mean it's a it's a clean, safe place to sleep, and you know some some place where they can get you know hot water. Uh, you know, to, to, you know, shower in the morning or, or whatever they want to be. Um, these You know, so these are some of the basic functions. And if you can't achieve that, uh, you know, if they have to wait forever for hot water, uh, that might be a problem. Uh, there was this one um, project in particular that, that kind of sparked this in my mind, is we had a hotel uh, where they had a uh, kind of a um, – uh, a hot water recirculation system where they distributed uh, the hot water. Uh, it was like a multi-story uh, hotel. Uh, they went in a central location up to the top level, and then they downfed all the risers uh, to these bathroom, bathroom groupings, these stacked bathroom groupings. Well, up top, um, they really didn't have, you know, when they, when they did the, recirc- and the recirculation lines would come off the bottom and then tie back in, uh, in, the, uh, in the, on the ground floor and go back to the mechanical room. Well, what they didn't do is they didn't balance the system. Um, you know, the pump was pumping, and it was just looking for the path of, of least return. Uh, so they didn't have those, uh, that system balanced uh, the way it should. So what you ended up with is you'd had a, a couple of uh, uh, bathroom risers that were, that were perfect. They, nothing wrong with them um, and never got any complaints. And then there were some ones that were on the far end of the hotel away from this uh, you know, recirculation system. Uh, that were really, you know, it would it would take minutes, multiple minutes, ten, twenty minutes uh, for the water to warm up, and and that was just unacceptable. This, that you know, that couldn't you know couldn't go on, and really they needed bouncing valves to make sure that okay, you know, you got two GPM, you got two GPM, you got two GPM, or whatever it, whatever it took for the the risers, but just to have it spread out evenly, uh, so you didn't have that uh, you know last leg being starved for for hot water. Another thing that you need to coordinate, flue gases. Again, this is a material, it's, uh, you know, uh, a lot of venting materials that you're, you know, kind of confusing, or at least uh, it's a scope issue. You know, who's supplying it, who's installing it. Um, And a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, this, you know, flue gases especially, or, you know, the gases themselves, this is problematic when you have, uh, typically, you're going to have a uh, like a hot water heater a situation where you have a hot water heater and you have a boiler in the same kind of uh, in the same kind of area. And the problem is, is that you want to be able to uh, take a uh, uh, you might have a renovation of the boiler. Uh, boiler's old. You want to renovate it. You take it out. Uh, you put in something that's uh, a sealed combustion and it's high efficiency. Um, and you may, you know, sidewall vent it. Um, you end up having that domestic water heater with the uh, with the chimney with a flue, the old flue uh, that has the totally totally the wrong size. Um, and you need to be able to either you know change that out to the, the right size, um, or you need to you know change the you know change that hot water heater. Uh, a, a lot of times too, you'll end up getting mixed matched. You know something that's uh, if they're both the domestic hot water heater and the boiler both were atmospheric and you change one to a a pressurized system where it has a fan that that blows the, the flue gases up the the flue uh, you could end up just blowing you know all the flue gases out the domestic water heater uh, if you leave that atmospheric so you can't really mix and match those type of uh, vents or venting system um, when you're dealing with flue gases. The chimneys are, you know, I means they're specifically sized for a particular uh, amount of BTUs. Uh, they need to heat up. They need to convect. If you don't have that, uh, it's going to be problematic. And lining a chimney is not cheap. So if that's something that you've missed, it's going to come and you know bite you back in the end. Um, again, this is something that usually happens in a, in a retrofit application uh, when some you know changes are being made when something's being updated. So be pay attention to that. Um, material. Some of the material headaches uh, was another topic we talked about. Um, we had uh, a boiler drain, uh, or you know, underground piping uh, was changed from cast iron uh, to PVC. Obviously, it's a cost issue. Uh, and what they they did this in the boiler room. Uh, what ended up happening was they didn't have the proper cooling uh, for the blowdown for the boilers. So you you, you guessed it know, when they blew down blew down those boilers and they changed it to the PVC, um, the pipe started to deform and it started collapsing on itself. So you didn't get the drainage that you needed out of that system. Um, I mean, that and that was a big headache. And luckily they didn't have to move any of the boilers, but they did have to, you know, crack open the floor and, and, and saw cut the, uh, uh, the concrete to be able to, you know, dig down and change, you know, that uh, as far as they could uh, to cast iron to really, you know, and they added some, you know, uh, some other coolers, uh, pre coolers, to that system. Uh, another one, that actually. So this was a uh, um, one of the guys in the audience actually uh, suggested this, or kind of gave this story. Um, there was uh, a project that he was doing. Uh, it was a high rise, and they changed out. You know, typically uh, uh, you're going to have different risers in a high rise, and the 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 heat, the hot water riser. Um, was changed out from a uh, you know cast iron or um, a uh, copper. It was changed out into a uh, PVC. It was tra- or a plastic type material. I don't know if it was exactly PVC. Uh, anyway, it was it was a misapplication that somebody didn't catch thermal expansion on the PVC was much greater than what was anticipated with the other systems, and you ended up at the top floor shearing off the last few uh, branches. Um, uh, on this riser, because it just expanded, uh, you know, so much and with so much force that it actually ended up shearing off a couple of the risers and it just water poured out of those systems. And it, 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 I mean, we're talking millions of dollars of expense there. Um, so, you know, be careful of, of what you're putting in there and the thermal expansion of certain materials. Um, you know, plastics are, you know, it's a great material if, you know, if, if it's properly applied. You know, again, it's not the it's not the material. Typically, it's either the, the application or some of the, the you know the execution of this material. Another issue is drains. Uh, drains is a big one. Um, you need to make sure that there's a enough of them, um, and you, you need to make them appropriately placed. Uh, if you put it in the middle of the room, that's great for you know general drainage. If you're washing the floor. Um, other, otherwise you want to locate it near the, the equipment that's actually going to use the drain on a regular basis, whether they be boilers or whether they be, uh, backflow uh, prevention devices. Um, I, and I would kind of recommend, you know, even though it might be a headache, um, I would say typically all bathrooms have a drain in it. Um, it's going to help you out. Uh, and not only that, but you have to be aware of, you know, the, the pitch on the drain. Um, you just can't put a drain in just anywhere and expect it to work. Uh, A lot of times that they'll end up, you know, having indentations in bathroom floors in the concrete. So they'll have, um, you know, the indentations there. uh, So they can actually, you know, as a last step, um, you know, end up, you know, putting in, you know, a leveling compound and actually getting the, uh, you know, getting the, floor to slope in the, right, in the right direction. So, everything works out all right. Another thing is uh, sequence of operations. Uh, typically, you're not going to deal with a lot of sequence of operations in plumbing, but there are certain things that uh, you need to have done. I mean, if, especially if you're dealing with um, the recirculation. How does that recirculation operate? Um, when does it stop? I mean there's certain requirements with the uh, the 90 point1 that you need to need to have it operate a certain way. Um, there was an instance where I had a, a, a propane system, uh, a propane backup system for a uh, project um, and the intent was to make it automatic and everybody in the beginning, every you know the, the owner wanted it automatic when the natural gas if that you know and it was a rare case if there were if the uh, natural gas for some reason, was to fall below a certain pressure that the propane system would would take over it's a i mean it's a it's a nice system but they wanted the automatic changeover for the propane to to take up the slack um through the design everybody's like yep yep that's what it is uh, through construction yep yep that's what it is actually get it installed and figure out hey it's not working like that um you know and have the uh, the, the person doing the startup go Mm, no, this system isn't automatic. Everybody's like, uh, "What?" You, you know, I mean, the owner's like, "Okay, well, just you know, take it out of here because I'm not going to, in the middle of winter, come out here, you know, on a you know Saturday night or whatever to you know in the middle of, middle of winter and and uh, you know start the system up and and get it up and running. I want this thing to be ready and to change over automatically, so I don't have to do anything uh, or I don't have staff um, uh, to do it. Again, it's a big issue in the expectations. Kind of, you know, think through. A lot of times, you know, it's not an issue. Uh, but when you're dealing with systems, and this propane system was, it's uh, the, the first one I've seen personally. Um, but, you know, they're not, you know, experimental by any stretch of the imagination. It's just that you need to kind of keep asking the questions until you get the answers to saying, yes, this is a fully, uh, you know, automatic system. And you know, end of the story is they're changing it out so you know that they can have it be automatic. So it wasn't a you know, but it was more on you know the 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 um, um, the propane system supplier than anybody else. Uh, maintenance access, obviously, it's it's always a big one. Um, we want to make sure that uh, you know, I guess the the little items that got you know get forgotten a lot. Um, roof drains. Uh, roof drains you know they're they're you know they're a big deal as far as uh you know getting the water off the roof um if you can't get to a roof and and typically you know that's where it's like hey there's a uh a mechanical room uh up on the up on the a mechanical room a mechanical penthouse i should say up on the roof um do we need to get up there well if there's roof drains Yes, you n- need to get up there. Those roof drains require maintenance, um, and that maintenance comes in the form of cleaning. We want to make sure that they're clear and clean, and you can get all the debris uh, away from that. If you start ponding water, that's going to be an issue. Um, and again, it's it's how how are you going to get there? Um, you know, do you have? And there was a a, a case that um, I had where it was you know this mechanical penthouse. It was in a in a high rise. It was a very tall mechanical panel. So we're talking probably, you know, 16 to 20 feet. Um, Standard ladders, you know, they're not really applying. You're going to have to get like an extension ladder. Um, And again, this was, you know, on one of those white PVC roofs that uh, everybody loves because they're super slippery and everybody likes slippery roofs. Um, But it was just, it was a a hazard. I mean, again, this is up on a, a, you know, it was a, a... Ten story building, um, how are you going to get up there safely? You know, do you have ladder tie offs that you can make sure that you're actually, you know, doing this safely? Because um, there was there was certainly no ladder uh, to get up to that high roof, and again, there's roof drains that that need maintenance. All right, so that was that was a that was a big thing. Finally, uh, the last lesson that I I, I shared with the uh, the plumbing convention was utility coordination. Um, uh, the Utility coordination, a lot of this uh, kind of, you know, these are these are bad surprises. You want to be able to kind of ferret these out as early as possible. You want to know what the water pressure is, um, because if you have to add a uh, domestic booster pump or a fire booster pump, that is bad news. Late in the game. I mean, it, in fact, you know, impacts, you know, where are you going to put it? The space, uh, you know, you get the electrical on there. These are usually t- typically not small devices. Um, you know, even worse, you have uh, some sort of uh, natural gas. Uh, a lot of cases, and this may not necessarily be a big concern in warmer climates, but in, in colder climates, you'd have your natural, natural gas and you'd be guaranteed a certain, certain pressure. Um, that pressure will be different in winter than it will be for summer because typically you're going to use that natural gas for heating. So your gas pressure will be lower in winter. So you need to be able to talk to the, the gas company and say, hey, what's your guaranteed pressure uh, for the system? Um, we've had I've had a number of uh, projects go out where you had when you, you know, typically you're going to be dealing with, you know, the the, the big gas users. It's not going to be, um, you know, smaller gas users. It's going to be your if you have a um, emergency generator that's natural gas powered, that's going to be a big one. Um, you're going to have uh, domestic uh, domestic uh, water heaters and you're going to have boilers. Those are all going to be, you know, critical components. And if you have a, you know, uh, a burner on a air handling unit, if you have, uh, you know, direct fire or actually indirect fire um, on the, you know, on the on the rooftop units, it's going to impact you. Typically, those are a little bit more forgiving. It's a little less forgiving uh, for the uh, you know, the generator and the um, than the boilers, but. You know, typically, you you you've got to get that done early, and I would have, you know, I would make sure I had a form to saying, "Hey, yes, I talk. You know, here's who I talked to. Here's when I talked to him. Here's the information that I got." Um, you know, it, just get it down to the T, so you have all that documented. Um, and make sure that, uh, you know, if 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 you know, the commissioning authority needs to see it. Hey, you know, you can show them that you did your due diligence, and that's what it was. Um, last thing you can you you need to be aware of is that. Um, hey, if you get a substitution uh, you know in the bidding process during you know prior to construction when they have all the submittals coming through, if there was a substitution and you needed you you specifically selected a, a, a piece of equipment because it had a uh, a greater tolerance for low gas pressure. you need to make sure that hey, if they substituted some El Cheapo or a just you know anybody else's uh, that it has that same you know, acceptance of the natural gas pressure, you know, because I've, I've seen that, that happen too, where they go through and they they've done all their work and they've selected it. And then they, you know, said, Oh yeah, that's, that's equal. But they forget the one thing about the gas pressure, what is running on. Um, and that's, that's a really, a uh, really big deal. So utility coordination obviously is, is very huge uh, for, um, you know, for plumbing. Um, and not only that, but um you know n- not only the pressures also you know you, there's some sort of utility meters where you're going to put those uh inside outside buried you know above ground that they have to be protected um you know what goes with that so you really need to know uh, a lot of things about the utility coordination to get your building properly supplied with utility services all right so that's it for this week Hopefully you, had, uh, you can take some of these lessons learned, apply them in a different different way. And, uh, uh, you know, if, if you even have uh, different lessons learned, you go ahead and uh, feel free to share them. Uh, you can reach me at matt at buildingx.co. Uh, I appreciate you listening. One of the things I'll, I'll point out here at the back end, hopefully, and let me know if it does sound better, I've been working on my sound. Um, I have purchased one of the things that kind of delayed me. I, I had purchased some new equipment and I was putting those pieces parts together, and I finally got it working. I think I have it pretty well, uh, but just let me know if that's not working. Um, I'd appreciate that feedback. Um, hopefully, in, <laughs> I guess one of the things, I, you know, the, one of the reasons that I know it's this, at least it sounds better to me is I got better headphones, and it's amazing if you listen to it in the car, if you listen to it, um, on a on a computer, or if you listen to it on quality headphones, it, you really can escape a uh, a bad sounding podcast on quality headphones. It's just uh, it's just too much. Um, <laughs> you, there's no way to nowhere to hide. Your ears are right there. So um, let me know how you uh, how you like the sound. Um, if you uh, if you like the this episode and you like what you've heard so far in the previous seventy. Um, make sure you, uh, you give me some feedback. Um, if you want to leave it on iTunes, I'd appreciate that too. Five-star ratings are greatly appreciated. Um, recommendations also, I mean, all this stuff helps get the podcast a, a little bit more r- recognized and I really appreciate it. I appreciate you listening each and every one of you. If you like it, pass it on, feel free. Uh, and if you want to email me, Matt at buildingx.co, if you want at Twitter, at building x and linkedin i've always liked linkedin to or uh, uh connect with listeners at and the uh, linkedin is matt nelson p um on linkedin so all right that's it for this week thanks for listening hopefully this has been educational for you and i appreciate it and until next time remember know what you build and share what you know